0: Making, making your life count today and forever. Who went to the? What a week! What a week! Ah, praise God! What? Um, who, who went to the funeral on Tuesday? Who went to the funeral? Yeah, Mark Foz, Mark Foster, affectionately called Foz. He was um, he was celebrated at at a funeral service, but a memorial service which turned out to be a bit of a celebration of his life. Oh, these guys spoke so well of him. So many great young men. I was going to get up and speak, but I just thought it's all been said and done. This guy's a legend. We know it. We're celebrating him. And the story after stories of uh, the the, the man's life is just um, the last two weeks of his life. You could make a movie on it, truly. You could make a movie of this guy's life in the last two weeks. So, I've been left with that legacy, and I hope it's all right if I springboard out of that and talk about making your life count today and forever. I want to look, about, I want to look at the word called eternity. I don't want to go too long uh, because I think it's a message that can be done short and cute, and God's going God's to gonna do great stuff. Let me pray. Just shut your eyes. Dear God of eternity, creator of all and the Lord of the universe, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. I ask that you would anoint our eyes to see, my ears to hear. Give me a heart to perceive and understand what you are saying to me through this message. I acknowledge my need for the Holy Spirit, Lord. I need help to know you, your will and your ways for my life. It is my desire, Lord, to please you all the days of my life as well as as throughout all eternity. Show me not only your ways, but your heart, Lord, that I may know you. For this is eternal life, to know you intimately as my heavenly Father. Thank you for your amazing faithfulness, grace, and mercy. And the saints say, Amen. John 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you. Say, know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Who feels like that was part of uh, Foz's story? I really felt like... I could really feel that I think Foz really gave it a good nudge. He really gave what God's will was and pleasing to God and, and living in the light of of eternity, I've never known. And to hear the, the stories after stories, how he would break out in praise out in the surf or even the shopping center, how he would travel through in his car through the streets with music blaring, even some even some other kind of music. Just... I think the guy was highly stimulated by God and by the radical salvation that he had received many years ago. And I think he lived in that revelation of being radically saved. In fact, eternity was so real to him, so real to him that I, I want to explain a few things as I go in uh, into the message. But Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days aright. You need a pen. You need a pad. I've grabbed some great scriptures here. you do well to take these home with you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Mm. Psalm 90, verse 17. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Lord, may it rest upon our church to, to teach us to number our days aright. Father, we pray that, Lord, we would make use of every day and every opportunity and every available resource we can get our hands on, Lord God, we pray, that we would use it to pray, to to reach out and to love and to bring people into salvation. Who's with me on that? And so church is really about an amazing opportunity to see people saved. Do you know what I'm saying? This is our endeavor, to see people saved. I think Foz's whole his whole heart, his his passion was to see people saved, even right now. I remember the last service he was in, and I'd be preaching, and I'd hear him go, amen. It was almost a shock to hear someone respond, because the Australian way is just to keep a little bit more reserved. But uh, God, Foz couldn't contain himself. I, you know, either I heard the amen from over here or you're he sitting over there where you guys are now. Watch it. There's a hotspot now as a legacy of him. And so I just, and, and for, for weeks and even now in my last message that he heard, I can still hear him saying, amen, brother. Amen. You know, and, and just, so I think there is a, a response. A response. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Make our efforts successful. Make our efforts successful. You know, it does take godly wisdom to be successful. I was amazed that Foz actually, although people thought he was a crazy diamond, shine on you, crazy diamond. uh, I think that's one of the things I would have said in that, you know, shine on Foz, you crazy diamond and um, which is a song about another crazy creative out there guy who left a great legacy of music and uh, but Foz was a crazy diamond outside the box he he struggled to find a church to belong to he He struggled to find lasting friendship because he was a guy that colored in outside the lines, but he did find a lot of friends, and you could tell that. At the, at the funeral, a lot of great people spoke highly of him. But he found this house, C3 Tugra. and he found a people that I think spoke his language, that seemingly also were coloring in outside the lines, and who were exuberant in their praise, and who also heard God. I love that story when he was filling out his his, uh, his, his questionnaire to the fire brigade uh, Thousand people applied only needed two hundred, and they tried to uh, they tried to counsel foz don 't don 't say that because one of the questions is in in the questionnaire, do you hear voices? Do you hear voices meaning mental health and he says i couldn 't help it. I had to tick the box. Yes, I hear voices, <laughs> <laughs> and they rang him up. They said, you're amazing in every field, in every way. You're the the perfect candidate. But you hear voices? Can you? The chaplain might have said, can you tell us about that? (laughs) And and, uh, he said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And I hear Jesus daily. I hear God. And he leads me. He guides me. And he tells me he loves me. Oh, 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 well, well, I can, yeah, that's great, that's great, Foz, but you could have told us some other way except through a, a very, you know, a very important, you know, uh, application for employment. He got the job, he worked for the fire brigade since, I think, 2006, and he endeared himself to all the guys, he, he witnessed to all of them, and some did think he was crazy, but a lot of them thought he was just so integral and genuine, and he's the real deal. Aussies don't mind you uh, if you're trying to witness to them but you're not real, but you, you, you know you live in a flaky life, they can't handle that. But he was the real deal. He was a genuine lover of people. He would dignify anyone, even bums in the street. And we heard the story in Sydney where he dignified the um, after shouting all the young people, 15 young people to, um, I guess, lunch, and then saw the bum in the corner on the bar and said, hey, why don't you come to the conference? He said, I can't. i got my mother... She's sick, and I've got to take her a meal every day. Oh, I'll drive you down there. Puts him in his car. <laughs> the youth, the young people go. Where's he going now? He's driving this old old guy. Uh, this this older gentleman, and so he drives him, takes a meal to the mum, comes back, and said, "Now you got no excuses. Let's go." And so I love that. That's the type of guy he was. <laughs> And uh, and just the generosity. I mean, the last offering he gave to the building fund from the Vision Sunday, heard the vision, heard the vision, and said, and he always had been generous in the church, outstandingly and weekly and committed in his finances. I'll tell you that uh, as a legacy to him. A fantastic. But the last uh, offering he gave to the building fund says, I believe in this house. I believe in this church. And so here was a guy not living a crazy... Uh, flaky life, but he put his heart and he put his money where his convictions was. And so he was a guy actually well o- organized in life. And uh, I'll get to another great point of his. Uh, let's have a look at this. Have we got 2 Corinthians 5, 9? We've only got a few scriptures here. So we make it our goal to please him. Who believes Foz was about pleasing God? Whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. 2 Corinthians 5.11, Since then we know that it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What's that mean? We try to persuade men. Yeah, Hang on to that. What, what we are is plain to God. God knows us. He sees us. He sees everything we do. So the scripture says, what we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. Fos made it very clear to people's conscience and, and their life who and what he believed in. Who believes that? You know, he made it very clear. He was a most outstanding guy in that area. So we're talking about eternity. I guess the only time we think about eternity is when we go to a funeral, and uh, sometimes it's um, I guess mentioned a shallow, a sentimental shallowness of, well, in the by and by it's going to be okay. But but actually, to Christians, uh, we're a little bit. We don't have this morbid interpretation of of uh, dying. We don't have that. I mean, there's grief, of course, and of course, but but there was a celebration after the after Mark had left the building and uh, and because the father didn't believe in God and we had a great little service there while we uh, did the service according to uh, being a little bit more seeker-sensitive. But when Mark was escorted out with a fantastic, uh, what what do we call that, uh, guard of honor by the fire brigade, there was literally over 500 people at this funeral. I mean, this guy was highly honored. By the fire brigade, by the the, the 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 Christian community across the coast, this guy was was truly the real deal, and he deserved all that he got on that day, and so he was escorted out, and then and then we were able to honour the man in the sense of tell some great stories of him, uh, what he did and uh, and how he did it, and uh, it was great to hear those stories, but uh, in the end we were able to clap. We're able to shout, and he's, and and then he's okay, okay. Here it is. So you think you think a guy like this is a little bit unorganised? Oh no! A couple of years ago, with his flatmate, he sat down because you got to understand this guy's living in the light of eternity. Do you know what I'm saying? He's living in the light. He's he's living on the edge. He's not in this comfort zone, wrapped around by the comforts of life, stuck back here, unwilling to venture out. He would go surfing the Indonesian islands. In fact, he loved the place so much he bought a little bit of property there, right on, the, on this great beach, great surfing beach. And uh, He said, one day, I have a dream. One day, we're going to build a little shanty town here, and the Aussie surfies can turn up and, and stay here, and we can go surfing all day. He was a dreamer. He was, he, was, he was a guy that lived on the edge of, I guess, eternity. And because of that, he would appeal to anyone that would come earshot of him uh, and, and explain this, this dilemma, not this dilemma, but this challenge that there is, you know, that there is a day to live in and there is a day to, to say one day, Oh my God, where am I going? And he would affectionately but passionately explain that in no uncertain terms. Are you saved? You know, he would say. Jesus Christ is the way. And, um, and we think, oh, that's a bit. But at the end of the day, he got so many messages across to so many people in that exuberance. And so we think he was all disorganized, but he wasn't. He sat down in his flat with his flatmate, and they, he said, "My passion, uh, no, 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 my heart. If I was to leave this planet, and I think he had a sense that he was sort of living on the edge of of his uh, existence here. Somehow, I think he knew, and so he realized that, and he 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 worked out his um, funeral, even to the point of the music." So when we walked in, uh, we had Keith Green playing. And uh, Keith Green was another radical that only lived a short time, died in his early 30s. And so he said, I don't want to be buried in a pine box. I want to die in a recycling. he was into recycling. So he was, act- he was into some sort of... He was in this recycled coffin, a cardboard coffin. He'd, he wrote right that. He says, but really... Uh, my passion is that if I was to leave, I would really like at my funeral to, um, to have an altar call. And I want the gospel preached. So after the stories were spoken, the preacher got up and preached the gospel so passionately. And it was so fantastic. And he put, the, he put it out there. Who, who wants to respond? Who wants to use this opportunity to Mark would be blessed if you, he knew you were coming to the Lord through his demise? And so um, no one come out. We're praying as Christians do. Come on, Lord, come on. Got to be someone. And eventually the mother come out. No, the, the, the mother come out, but we thought she was doing something... Entirely different. That she was just trying, trying to break this awkward silence, but then she started to go like this. She was actually saying, "I give up," because Mark had witnessed her year in, year out, year in, year out, and she never, she never, she never, uh, never succumbed to Mark's heart to, to be saved. But now she's in front of us, and everyone's looking at each other, going, "What's this mean?" And then we realize, "Hang on." She's given her life to Jesus. <laughs> She's giving up. <laughs> She's giving up. And then the pastor got up and danced around with her. And um, and then she danced around with Mark's uh, ex-wife. Uh, Mark was only married very briefly for a year. And they danced around. And so she eventually did get saved out of, out of Mark's funeral. Isn't that fantastic? Ecclesiastes 7.2 says, It is better to go to the house of mourning, meaning a funeral, than to go to the house of feasting. For death is the destiny of every man. The living should take this to heart. You know, only a fool would go through life unprepared for their their re-entry into eternity. Only a fool. And a lot of people, let, let me be honest with you, even Christians, we live our life a lot on autopilot, thinking, well, we're cool. We're going to make it. We'll get there. But we're not thinking about maybe having to meet Jesus today. But actually, Foz did. And I'll give you a few scriptures to help you with that. Uh, A lot of metaphors you'll find in the Bible teach us that life is brief, temporary, transient nature. Life on earth is transient. It's very quick. I was thinking about this the other day, Jules. Uh, Actually, in the Bible says that life is like a mist. Life is like a fast runner. A breath. A wisp of smoke. The Bible says, Job 8, 9 says, For we were born only yesterday and know nothing. And our days on earth are but a shadow. You know, and for me, I'm trying to remind you about eternity. Two things. One. Compared with eternity, life is extremely brief. Who's about my age starting to look back on their life and go, my God, I'm I'm sort of getting the uh, understanding from Facebook of people my age, my old school buddies. They're only now because what you do, young people... Is you push hard through life. You do your schooling. You're trying to find a wife, a husband. You get a family. You get a career. You put, you build a home. you, you, you do it, You're playing sports. You're pushing. You're pushing. You're pushing. You're losing friends. The friends are going to the wayside. Uh, people, you know, even your own family's going to the way. And you're pushing. You're pushing. You're pushing. And then you have your kids. The kids grow up. They have their twenty-first party. What a fantastic party that was. And they're starting to grow up. But then something happens about my age. You know, like. 51. And then you start to, you start to actually be able to lift your gaze up and and actually look back, actually look back on some of your life. Who is with me? Who understands? You start to look back and you go, hang on, man, I had some buddies back here. What happened to them? Actually, I had some friends back in high school. wonder what happened to them. So Facebook has allowed us This opportunity, now we got everyone, you can tell on Facebook, looking back. And now I've got this, I've got this fan page called, uh, Canley Heights Rocks. So everyone that went, lived in Canley Heights, which is our old suburb, uh, is, is now saying, oh, Canley Heights was so great. I mean, it was a hole when we were growing up. But now they're saying, oh no, it was fantastic. The creeks, the bush. All these great opportunities we'd have, the fish and chip shop, the milkshakes, uh, the, you know, and uh, oh, the cake shop. Where are those cakes now? And everyone, so you can, you can hit that. You can be a fan of Canley Heights Rocks, and then it's people my age reminiscing about their life in Canley Heights. So it, it, it really is sometimes uh, about that, that you get to about my age, and then you go, my God, where did all these years go? It's just going like that. I got to a point when I was about 15, I had one of my most vicious, um, not vicious, but one of my out... Uh, it really surprised me, but I really got mad with my mother one morning because I think after eating cornflakes or wheat bix for about six years, uh, seven, eight years, I really got mad. And I said, I'm sick of Weet-Bix and corn. We? I used to see these ads on TV, Cocoa Pops and uh, all these other great cereals. We never got those. We only, had, we only had cornflakes and wee beaks. And I got mad. I think I bashed the bowl down. I was having a bad morning. The cornflakes went up. I was, What's the matter? You've always like, I'm sick of cornflakes. I've been eating cornflakes for eternity. I go, where did that come from? Mum just pats me on back. You all all right? I, it's, it's cool. It's just tired of cornflakes. <laughs> Can you get something else? Hang on, hang on, I'm talking about life going like that. Now I eat cornflakes and weet and it's like I only discovered it this week. Oh, these cornflakes, man, these are great. Fantastic. Oh, these weed oh, man, I'm going to eat these forever. So life goes really quick. Your life goes really quick to the point where you go, wow, I don't remember all the cornflakes and weet that I've ever eaten. Otherwise, if I did, I would not even sit down to any more I wouldn't sit down and go, God, cornflakes for 51 years I've been here 50 years, these cornflakes are weepings. Give me a... No, but I just... Life is going so quick. The Bible is clear. I'm nearly done. 1 Corinthians 7.31 Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Or, I like this version, the NLT, New Living Translation. Those Those in frequent contact... With the things of the world should make good use of them, like Foz did, he loved to surf, he loved to work, he did uh, had another business on the side he was he had a little tinny which they told funny stories, how he used to stick it up in the trailer, stick it up or stick it in the boot and get it down to the beach and you know he was a lover of life he lived. Hard and fast. He extracted all the juice out of life. Make good use of them without becoming attached to them. For this world and all it contains will pass away. And I'm going to speak to some people who just feel like I do at times. That it's true. The Holy Spirit is desperately, I believe, trying to get us into perspective of eternity. And the Holy Spirit is trying to... to. I guess, put us in a true perspective of where we are. This planet and our life on the planet is a temporary residence. And we build these beautiful homes. And we build these beautiful... And have these beautiful places of of security. And we think, this is it. For eternity, I, I can live here. But really, at the end of the day, uh, y- your life is not made for this planet. Your your Your, your satisfaction will never be truly found. I've heard some young people say, and I have to disclose this and tell it to be true because I'm a big believer too uh, because I suffer days when I'm really flat. Uh, I won't go any more than say that, but I suffer days when I'm so flat that I, I haven't got that zing, I haven't got that hope, I haven't got that that bouncy feeling, uh, you know, and I get, I get this flatness and, I just, and then it can compound because then I just feel like, what's the use? And yes, so what, I've got all this. And even a great family, great marriage, you know, even my home, great food, the weather's out, but still it doesn't do it for me because I think at the end of the day that somehow we will not find total satisfaction in life do you know what I mean? There's a, there's a deep ache in us that goes, man, I know I should be... Uh, ha-. You know, even famous people suffer from this. They're famous. They've made great movies. We heard the story of John Travolta. He lost his son. I know that helped him uh, realize that because at the end of the day, life is about relationships. Life is about, really, life is about a relationship with God. But life is about relationships, the real relationships we have in life. See, Foz at the funeral, he probably left and probably understood that life was really... And, and we heard stories about him driving around in these bodgy cars. I mean, the car that he used to come... And I know he got a better car that was somewhat better. But the car that he turned up in gave you the impression this guy was really on Struggle Street. Uh, but but he wasn't. He wasn't. He actually had a couple of houses. He had property in Indonesia. He, he had money... And because when people, have, uh, when people have this true perspective of eternity, they have this different value system of life. And they use their time and their money accordingly. You'll find that Foz used his time and his money accordingly. He had money, but he didn't go into a new car yard and get a new whiz-bang car and drive, uh, drive out of the, uh, out of the car parking lot, uh, lot and lose four grand straight up and, and then see a car literally perishing away within the first two years and see it. No, he drove an old dingy car and he used his money to bless people, to bless the kingdom, to build the church and do what eternity demanded. Because we all stand before Christ and in one day we stand before Christ and we got to give an account of our life. We've got to give it an account of the time and the money and the talent that we have and what we did with it. And I can be rest assured that Foz can stand before Jesus and say, Lord, I did my best. I did. I can see actually say, man, I did my best, you know. I drove around in an old bomb to loose up cash to give to your kingdom, to the gospel. I, 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 I blessed people. I, I, I witnessed, yes, I did my best. Probably wasn't as much as I wanted to do, but I did my best. You certainly did, son. Welcome in, good and faithful servant. I can see that happening to Foz. So this this is what I think is why God sent us, Foz, into this church, to give us all a wake-up call, to live in the light of eternity, and to live with this propensity to want to give eternity away. There was this guy, um, I hope I've got time, what was his name, the guy that wrote... um, drew eternity in the sidewalks. Uh, Yeah. The word eternity that catches our attention. In fact, yeah, it's an amazing story of Arthur Stace, an Australian born into life of hopelessness at the turn of the century. Arthur Stace is his name. He's the reason why they put eternity on the bridge. Was it New Year's Eve? Was it the year 2000? Yeah, I remember now. At the turn of the century, this guy, his life was that of a bum filled with petty crime and alcoholism between the First World War and the Great Depression. All this changed when he met Jesus on the August the 6th, 1930, and soon afterward heard the pastor cry, I wish I could shout eternity through all the streets of Sydney. This is what he said to his partner. Pastor, I wish I could shout about eternity through all the streets of Sydney. He felt driven to make this cry a reality. Arthur would rise early each morning, pray for an hour, leave his home between 5 and 5.30 a.m. to go wherever he felt God led him. For hours he would write one word, eternity, approximately every hundred feet on the sidewalks of Sydney. For, For more than 20 years his work was a mystery. Who was writing this single word that caused countless thousands to pause and ponder its meaning, both immediate and long range? Had this mystery man captured the impact and and portion of this single word power? Had he? Yes, I believe he had. It wasn't until 1956 that the puzzle was solved. Two years after Arthur's death in 1967, Sydney poet Douglas Stewart published these words, and immortalized the word of this graffiti preacher <laughs> graffiti preacher and it goes like that shy mysterious poet arthur stace arthur arthur stace whose work was just one single mighty word walked in the utmost depths of time and space and there his word was spoken and he heard eternity, eternity. It, it banged him like a bell, dulcet from heaven, sounding somber from hell. And it goes on. One one word sermon touched a nation. His message was secured for generation by architect Ridley Smith, who put it in a counter, in a copper plate in the city square. It was later viewed by over 4 billion souls worldwide as they watched the television, the opening ceremony of the Sydney Olympics, and again when it was embolized in fireworks on the Sydney Harbour Bridge on the eve of the new millennium. Eternity arrests the attention of all mankind. No race, tribe, or gender can resist its draw. We were created with eternity in our hearts and sense the imminent, unknown extension of our existence. Therefore, it's wise to dwell deeper into what our Creator says concerning eternity. After all, His Word states, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can pose what I do. Isaiah 43, verse 13. It is this very reason that I guess we're speaking eternity this morning. I've got to just get this just next little part here. I love it. Where am I up to? Yeah, great. That's it. I'm up to the last statement. And uh, who's enjoying this? Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. I'm challenging you to eternity. This This is just a trial. This is like, I don't know if you've ever done rehearsals for a major production, but we're in rehearsals. Eternity is really where we're going to spend our life. This is just so brief. So momentary that it just goes like that. Bang, your life will be over. Your values change. You live in eternity. You live with a sense of eternity. So it says, I think it says in Philippians 3, 7, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Or in the New Living Translation version says, I once thought all these things were so very important. I, I, I... I follow a little bit some of the rock stars still, and I still admire some of their works. Uh, David Bowie is is one guy, but he's now sixty one, and he said a couple of years ago he doesn't concede things by accident, but he did concede in an interview, and he said, "Well, actually, I'm at a stage where things have changed a lot for me. I don't think things I don't think that the things were so important for me these revolutionary albums." that I've supposedly made, you know, years ago, Hunky Dory or Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars, these revolutionary albums that had such a powerful effect in the music industry. Actually, I'm looking back on them, I'm looking back on them, and I'm not seeing them as that important, as that important. Actually, I'm more into relationships, I'm more into my family, and I'm more into other values of helping my fellow man Rather than, you know, resting on my laurels of these great achievements, and uh, and so, here's a guy that is also realizing there's eternity in his heart and what he has done. And I guess this new uh, this new LT version says, "I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done." And I said it before, the most damaging thing that society can do for us in Australia, in modern society, is lull us into a false sense of security, into this comfort zone where we lose this strong, um, where we lose this perspective of the reality that we're only here temporarily, that this is just, we're, we're, just, we're, on, we're just transient, just going through this schoolyard called earth hoping that God's hoping why would you do this to us but God is hoping that we would form character and that we would join with him in his plan of rescuing and helping and blessing our fellow man who's with me on that and so there's life to live young people don't get me wrong go full bore Live life to the full. Take a leaf out of Foz's life. Surfing, loving life, doing life. He never held back. But he had his priorities in place. He had his values in place. And he had his life organized. Let me read you another scripture. Praise God. C.S. Lewis, uh, he's, a lot of you know him. Measuring... Against eternity. Yeah, something that he said. He said, the deeds of this life are the destiny of the next. C.S. Lewis observed, all that is not eternal is eternally useless. Years ago, uh, a slogan encouraged us to live each day as the first day of the rest of your life. Actually, one great man of God said, says, actually, it would be wiser to live each day as if it were the last day of your life. Matthew Henry, who's a great expositor of scripture, 15th century heavyweight of understanding God in his word. Matthew Henry said, it ought to be the business of every day to prepare to prepare for our final day. Philippians 1:20. Thanks guys. I eagerly expect and hope music, thank you. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body.